Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good evening, Facebook family, and welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. Hope everyone is doing fantastic on this freaking fabulous Friday. Freaking fabulous Friday. Freaking fabulous Friday. I hope you are tucked into your homes into your little neighborhoods and not venturing out too far and staying your little booties in place and enjoying yourselves as much as you possibly can. Obviously, everyone's got to venture out every now and then, but uh, if you got to go on Walmart, get your handle, your business, and get on back out of there. It's uh, it's not funny. It's very, it's very heartwarming that when I am not doing a daily dose, some of you reach out and say, hey, are you okay? Big Papa is doing just fine. I just sometimes, especially the last couple weeks, this has all been stressful for me as well. And um, I've just, you know, been a couple of days where I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling like dialing up and getting on that level for just a moment. So graciously, Christy has has uh, always filled in when I'm not able to show up for you guys. And so... It's just one of the little ways that seldom is am I not on daily dose because there's anything major going on. It's, it's usually just because I need a little personal time. And sometimes it feels good just to take the evening off. And I know this is like the greatest little 10-minute parenting show on the planet because it's the only 10-minute parent, parenting show on the planet. But that 10 minutes still requires some transition and it requires some focus and some energy and some effort. So that's all that's going on. Hello, all you great, wonderful people from the Netherlands. Hope you guys are doing well. Hello, Lydia. Hello, Mimi. I see you. And hello, Katrina. Glad you were able to catch us live. So fantastic. So I got a couple of things I want to talk to you guys about this evening. Number one is uh, chores. One of my, my good friend, um, Ken Tom, asked me to maybe talk a little bit about you know, you got you got kids. You you have chores that you expect them to do, and you know, picking up after themselves. So, what are my thoughts on that? So, here's the thing. I've always said chores are very important for children. I, I love I love it when children because it gives them a sense of responsibility. It, it gives them a sense of of participation and cooperation, and so it's a very good thing for children to be able to do. However, when you when you set chores for your children you have to make sure number one that they are emotionally emotionally developmentally appropriate see just because your child is 10 years old does not mean they can handle a 10 year old chore when i was 10 years old i was mowing the yard some of your 10 year olds you wouldn't want them to walk across the yard by themselves, much less mow the yard. So you have to make sure the chore is emotionally, developmentally appropriate. Number two, you have to be willing to invest the time and the energy to teach your child how to complete the chore sufficiently and successfully. See, this is where a lot of parents kind of lose their way. They think that if they tell their child, hey, clean up your room, hey, make your bed, hey, fold your clothes, hey, take out the trash, and the kids don't do it, then it's just because the kids are being willfully disobedient. As long as you're following that mindset, you are operating from a perspective of stress and fear. You are seeing your child as a threat. When you set a chore, for your child to do, you have to commit 
to training them to follow through until they're able to do it to completion every single time. Some days, some days, they'll hop up and they'll make that bed and they'll clean that room and they'll take that trash out and you're like, fantastic, you're the greatest child in the world. I love you so much. And then other days, the very next day, you're like, hey, what happened to my fantastic, amazing child? And then all of a sudden, there's this big battle. See, that's what you got to realize. The children have a window of tolerance for how much stress they can handle. Yes, chores is stressful. Yes, you can look at it as your child being willfully disobedient, but it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you to focus on your child being a threat and just doing things against you. Look at them as being stressed. And when you look at them as being stressed and you look at them as being emotionally regressed, it changes your internal physiology, and instead of getting upset with them, you just say, uh-oh, something's going on. What's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy, what's going on? What do you mean? You didn't make up your bed like you usually do. What's up? You need help? How can I help you? How can I support you? See, I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just connecting. I'm understanding, I'm affirming, and I'm offering guidance. I'm offering teaching, I'm offering support. There's no blame, there's no threat, there's no nothing. Hey, kid leaves the shoes on the floor, you know what you do? Hey, honey, come here for a minute. Yeah, you just pick your shoes up. <sighs> tick tock, tick tock, said didn't say anything. Tick tock, tick, <sighs> means nothing. They're gonna pick their shoes up. Maybe sometimes, sometimes you just pick it up for them. Just pick the shoes up. Let them know. Let them see. Hey, here's your shoes. Set them down. Guess what that's doing? That's teaching them how to pick up shoes and put them in their appropriate place. You just have to be committed to the training. So enough of that. Okay, so last thing I want to talk about is this thought about high-risk teens. See, this is... One of the beauties, like when I'm like enclosed in tight spaces for long periods of time with very little human interaction, I get to really think about this stuff and I get to think about you guys and I get to listen and something I've been rolling around in my brain for the last 30 days, but it's not just been for the last 30 days. This goes, I've been doing this for 20 years. So over the span of 20 years, every now and then this kid will come across my path that's just challenging. It's like, I know, I feel like I know what the child needs, but I'm just not able, because I, it's one of those things I always say with the, when you think about the parenting continuum and I've got all the negative things listed and it's medication rather than modification of environments and relationships. See, I don't think that we should give children medication until we have exhausted every modification of the relationship and the environment possible. See, that's my belief. So I'm always thinking from that perspective. So how can I modify a relationship or modify an environment to help a child be more successful? Some of these kids I've, I've encountered over the years, I remember one specifically 15 years, ago, 15 years ago, his name was Cameron. Cameron used to regress. So one-on-one, -on -one, no problem. He, he lived with Christy and I for a while. Cameron and I, Cameron, when he was with peers, when he was around other kids, he would regress and he'd become two years old. And and he he was charismatic, so he could really get all the other boys really stirred up. 
And then recently I met another young man, super smart young man. It's like, and I mentioned him to you guys. It's like when he's when he was in a regulated environment, I mean, it, he was such an interesting, unique kid, so gifted, so talented. But put back in his origin, his original environment, and he just would go down this different pathway. And I just talked to a mom and dad the other day that made me think about these kids again. And I'm like, oh my gosh. These individuals, and these are, so far, it's been mostly males. These male individuals, but I know there are some females out there. These male individuals who have this early chaotic brain wiring. It starts in utero. And then their first several years, there's lots of chaos. There's lots of violence. And then what happens is they hit adolescence. And usually the parents struggle with them for long periods of time. I'm rambling on, but I'm trying to make this quick. Parents struggle with them for long periods of time. Kid hits, hits adolescence, and then they are literally off the chain. I mean, they are out of control. They try residential. They try group homes. They try therapeutic this and therapeutic that, and nothing seems to work. And a kid ends up in juvenile detention. Kids gets out of juvenile detention. Feels like kid doesn't even matter. He doesn't care. He just goes right back to doing whatever he was doing to begin with. And then he just keeps getting caught up in the system over and over and over and over again. And so my thought is this. When a child who has that early background, that early history, that early experience, and that, that experience of chaos hardwired into their brain, they become addicted to the adrenaline. It's not that they are seeking to just be bad kids and be, be delinquent and break the law. It's not that at all. I believe that they are addicted to the adrenaline, the stress. It's it's addictive, and they're a pathway. So they've got this entrenched pathway, and they continue to pursue it, pursue it over and over and over again. Here's what I want to do with these young men. I want to create an environment. It may be a home. It may be a a retreat setting. I'm not sure what it is. It's not clear to me, but I know there will probably be a home aspect to it because I really believe in creating that, creating that consistent, regulated environment. Because I told these parents the other day, I said he's going to need probably six months to 12 months of a reset. I feel like the brain needs a sufficient enough amount of time in a regulated environment, but an environment that's also got an equal amount of adrenaline exposure to it, but adrenaline exposure in a positive way, in a legal way, in a healthy way, that the child can have this experience and start to learn. They can start to have, it's like, it's like people who've been smoking. They stop smoking and they start sucking on a lollipop. That's what I want to do. It's like that habit. You've got to break that habit with something more positive, but it's still it's still that oral fixation. I want to create an opportunity for these young men to come into a home and then to have this exposure to this to these adrenaline rush, bungee jumping, skydiving, uh, mountain climbing, overnight backpack trips and, and going up mountains. So it's going to be a little bit dangerous, you know, white water rafting. So there's going to be this high risk aspect to it. I think that is necessary to help feed the addiction, but also give the individuals a positive experience. And they do that in relationship. And then I want to be able to work them back into their homes. So I'm putting this out there to you guys just because I want to share it, because this is just a, it's a, it's a thought in my head. If you have ideas, you have suggestions, 
hit me up, send me an email, info at postinstitute.com, or email me personally, Brian Post, that's Brian with a Y, Mimi's going to be watching you, brianpost1 at gmail.com, and just let me know what your thoughts are. If you have any suggestions, if you know any individuals that might be really great at kind of taking on that project, I would love, 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 love to visit with you. So that's coming next. That excites me. It's not that I'm real high risk oriented. Oh, driving fast cars. Ooh, I would like to drive some fast cars. Can you imagine taking these little juvenile delinquent individuals, these young men, and putting them into an environment where they're like, oh my God, oh my God. See, it's, it's driving that adrenaline. And then after it's done, they're like, oh my God, that was so cool. That was so cool. Takes out all the high risk legal stuff. Gives them a positive experience in relationship with another, with a regulated adult. And enough of those experiences to start to rework the brain. Move them away from that juvenile delinquency into goal aspiration, inspiration, motivation, encouragement, relationship, love, something positive. It's in Big Papa's head. Just wanted to share it with you. Hey, miss you guys too, Terry. I hope to be seeing you guys really soon. Hey there, Jill. All right, guys, that's it. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Stay tucked in. We are still very, very high risk levels in many, many parts of the country. So please, please, please take it seriously. And Shane should have a weekly review coming up on Saturday. So be on the lookout. Remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react from our same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can stop, we can slow down, we can take three to ten deep breaths, and we can choose love, and I hope you will choose love. God bless you. I love you. I love you. I love you so very much. Big Papa loves you, and I want you to stay safe and healthy and be well, and I will see you guys on Monday.